an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, everybody. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The volume. We always talk about breakout players uh, before every season, and we have one right here. Uh, Open mic. Very psyched to welcome Javon Holland to the Dolphins, who had a really good rookie year. And uh, kind of heard his name in those breakout player conversations. And dude, you just went out and uh, and proved it right. Good, good to have you, man. Yeah, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. For sure. Uh, I got to see you play in person uh, Sunday at Levi Stadium against the 49ers. And um, not your guys' best game, but you know, tough game. Two team, two good teams. Uh, and then I feel like ever since then, the sports world has gone nuts. You guys went down to, to L.A. Uh, Monday night, Tom Brady's down 16-3, doing nothing. Uh, leads him back in the last few minutes. Thursday night, Baker Mayfield does it in L.A. Uh, like 48 hours after he got off the plane. And I don't know if you're a big soccer guy, but I think we just had the craziest day of international soccer uh, maybe ever in the World Cup, two crazy comebacks. Uh, are, are you checking any of this stuff out? I did check out the Tom Brady uh, drive at the end of the game. Uh, I saw Baker the last throw at the end of the game. Um, I heard about Brazil losing to Croatia. Um, I was heartbroken because I love Neymar. And uh, man, I didn't. I don't know about any other any of the other games, but I do. I do know that Brazil lost, which I'm pretty upset about. But it's been a wild, it's been a wild ride for sports in the last couple of days, for sure. 
I want to get into football, but one quick soccer question first. You know how everyone's always like, hey, if the U.S. really took its best athletes and trained them all the way through to be soccer players, our national team would be insane. Um, were you a youth soccer player and could you have been pretty good if you stuck with it? Yeah, I, I was a youth soccer player. I played for about six years. I think I, if I had the same passion for soccer that I do have for football, I think I probably would, I would be pretty good. Um, yeah, you know, if I leaned into it, like I, like I did, I, I feel like I would be, I feel like I would have a shot, you know, with the work ethic and drive. I definitely feel like I you know, could make some shape. I've been doing this a long time. And one thing I've learned from many of my friends along the way who play is, and I'll paraphrase one of them. I think it might've been Terrence Newman, longtime NFL defensive back who said this, but he said, Hey, a lot of us would have been really, really good at other sports, but there's a reason we picked this one. We're a little bleeped up basically. Like there's, there might be a little bit of a screw loose that, that draws you to football. You know, that's a, I think that's a valid observation. If you think about it, surface level football is a humans running into humans at full speed contact sport. So I think in the description of that, it is, you know, it can be presumed that we're a little bit, uh, you know, we got some screws loose. So for sure. That's why, that's why I love you guys so much. So uh, it's possible that, you know, I don't have that screw loose, but I may have other screws loose. So <laughs> we get along. Um, let's talk about Brady since we just, you know, I, I mean, this, this dude is 45, so it's not supposed to happen. Uh, he keeps doing it. What, what what was your impression watching the end of that game? He is beating up Father Time consecutively, uh, year after year. Him and him and LeBron James, honestly, that uh, his his ability to execute, um, you know, down the stretch and and to be able to to do it at such an elite level for so long, it's it's unheard of. So uh, watching greatness in live action, live speed is is really always a sight to see. No doubt, I've pounded Baker over the years plenty of times. Uh, he got cut only one team claimed him so it was very easy to look at baker and go yeah this guy is in a terrible position in his career and i was jumping off the couch thursday night when i saw what he was able to do 48 hours after he got off the plane can you put that in perspective for a non-football person what he did I mean, it's it's almost unheard of, you know, and it's it's truly about him believing in himself, honestly. Uh, and I think that is really where it lies is his belief in being able to get the job done. And when his name is called, being ready. Um, I know that in that 48 hours, he probably prepared better than anybody on that field. Um, just knowing that at any inopportune time, his position is going to be able to be stepped into and he can, you know, kind of grow in that in that area. So. Um, and I also think that uh, Coach McVay probably gave him, you know, a lot of words of encouragement, just as we've seen, you know, a lot of mic'd up in, in camera action. Coach McVay is a very encouraging uh, individual. So I feel like the combination of him believing in himself, Coach McVay's coaching and uh, just going out there and and just, you know, for lack of better terms, balls of the wall and just, you know, believe in himself. I think uh, that's what the result with that was. And, um, you know, not having that much time to prep, you know, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, in in time to come where he does have, you know, a full week or two weeks to prepare for, for the opponent. Yeah, or maybe he just shouldn't prep. Maybe he's just, you know. Yeah, or he, or he should just go out there and wing it. Or he should just go out there and wing it. <laughs> they, I was told that he was literally learning some plays between series on the sidelines. Yeah, that's, that's unheard of. But, you know, football is a strange game and it calls for strange activities. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's doing what he can. I'm, I'm happy for him for sure. 
I'm glad you mentioned Sean McVay uh, and the supportive words and that impact because I've known Mike McDaniel a long time and, you know, he's not one of those guys who the typical football person thought, oh, he'll be a head coach. You know, he doesn't he doesn't fit the head coach stereotype in a lot of ways, but I always was fascinated by when he would get his opportunity because he is so different and, you know, has so many cool qualities. Can you just talk about kind of what, you know, take me through, he got named, he had that first meeting. What were your impressions and, and what's it been like having Mike as your head coach? Hearing that Coach Mike was uh, was our head coach, it was cool kind of getting a, a younger guy. Um, and from what I've heard and asking people, you know, he was a great person. And meeting him for the first time definitely reassured that. Uh, he's he's quirky in his own way. And I think quirky is a great term, as a lot of people have seen in interviews and whatnot, because he's himself, regardless of the setting and, and, and the atmosphere, and um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that about him. You saw in the last game, he said that he it was on him that he messed up in the video talking to two or the quarterbacks, and that's just that's just who he is. Um, you know, he stands on his his actions and he stands on who he is as a character, um, and he's very positive uh, for our team. Well, I mean, he has an incredibly unique sense of humor, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Have, probably, any, have any of his jokes fallen flat in the room? Has he ever tried anything, and you guys are just like, dude. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. <laughs> but he just keeps throwing them. He just keeps he keep he just keeps on shooting jokes. And I appreciate that about him. He's never gonna stop shooting. So nah, definitely, definitely. He uh he's always joking and um but he knows when to be serious. And that's that's another thing that I think people should realize is that when it's business, it's business, but you know, when it's time for be to being lighthearted, he's definitely lighthearted and, and make sure everybody's laughing. You guys went on that really impressive run at the end of last season when it seemed like your season was lost and got yourselves at least mathematically back in. Um, you know, how surprised were you after the season when they made a change? That's a good question because when it happened, I was kind of, you know, I was in a place of shock. I was in like, oh, okay, I thought we had, you know, I thought we kind of had something going there. Um, but then at the same time, I understood the move and I was like, okay, you know, let's just, let's just continue to try to help the team get better. And um, that was really all my thoughts were. Um, I appreciated the time that I had with uh, Coach Flo and the staff. And, uh, you know, they drafted me. They helped me become, you know, a better player and, and a better football player, a better person. So I appreciated it for that. But I knew that, you know, time moves on. And that's just the way the business works in the NFL. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, kind of kind of moved on and appreciated them for the experiences. You know, I think a lot of things could be true, like, is there systemic racism in NFL hiring and firing practices? A hundred percent, in my opinion, right? Like that is true. Um, should Brian Flores lose his job on paper after his performance? Probably not. But I also know that there are dynamics in the building and, you know, things that play out that sometimes impact that. Um, and I guess in relation to Tua specifically, it, di it didn't seem like Tua felt confident or you know, fully supported by by that staff or by Flo. Um, you know, were you able to notice a difference in Tua when there was a change? Uh, I think definitely in the off season in OTAs and into training camp, um, I could just I could feel him. You know, being more confident in the system and how things are run. Uh, and you see that on the field. You know, he's dancing, doing his thing. I'm 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 really happy for him because uh, I knew that he was a great player. And you know, people ask me all the time, friends, family, strangers. You know, it's two of that guy. It's two of that that guy. And I 100% believed in him, uh, and I still believe in him. So uh, absolutely, you know, seeing him in practice, seeing him grow and help me grow as well throughout you know camp and whatnot. Um, 
I, you know, I, I was backing him 100%. And uh, you see that now, you know, he's out there, he's out there doing his thing. You know, he's doing his Dougie out there. So uh, I, I, you know, it's really exciting to see. The fact that we're even asking this question is a great sign for Tua because it wouldn't have been asked uh, before the season. And you are uniquely situated to answer it. But you got a game coming up against the Chargers. So everyone's saying, okay, it's Tua, the fifth overall pick, Justin Herbert, who went sixth. Uh, you know, which one's better? You've obviously been around both. Uh, how do you handle that uh, question? Uh, you know, it's 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 interesting um, when when trying to answer that question because I was around Herb in college, completely different system, a completely different Herb. You know, he's he's grown and come out of his shell and become you know an elite player that we all knew that he was going to be when he stepped into the league. And then the same thing with Tua. Tua has now you've seen, like I said, grown out of his shell and be, become the player that we knew that he was going to be. So um, I think they're in two different systems. I think they're playing at high elite levels, and I think. Um, them going head to head in an offensive battle this this week is going to be fun to see. Uh, Tua being my teammate and my friend, and her also being my former teammate and friend, um, I think is going to be awesome. And uh, I look forward to seeing Herb and and uh, and his, seeing him do his thing and going out there and competing against him. Yeah, and I, I'm just happy that the question exists now because you know if from August or any time before people would have said, "Oh, Herbert's." He's going to be a franchise quarterback for years, Tua. I don't think he's got it. So that just shows how far Tua has come very Absolutely. quickly. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Very cool. Um, you you go by the nickname Snowman. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, what's your relationship with snow? Because I know you grew up in NorCal. Do you have any like experience in the snow? Yeah. So I was actually born in, uh, in Coquitlam, Vancouver, uh-huh. uh, area in B.C., so my dad was playing in the CFL up there. That's why me and my sister were born up there. Um, grew up there until I was about eight and then moved to NorCal where uh, I spent my adolescence. So when I got here, I was born 22 and then I ended up changing the eight, my college number. The eight looks like a snowman on the iPhone, like the little emoji. And uh, our special teams coordinator, Coach Crossman, had happened to call me snowman in a meeting and I kind of just ran with it. I'm from Canada where the snow is at. I wear number eight, which looks like a snowman. And it was a unique name, so I kind of just ran with it. And then uh, Matt Collins, uh, he's on the he's on the Raiders right now. He ended up calling me Snowman in an interview, and it kind of stuck. So uh, I ended up just running with it. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it is your time of year. It's you know Christmas coming up and all that. So yeah. So. Um, I read a story about you um, from your days in Canada that you were six years old. You just played a flag football game. Some adult kind of playfully messed with you, and you put a move on him on the field. Uh, can you tell me what what went down? Yeah, so uh, we were at a uh, local park around around the corner from my house, and I was playing flag football and whatnot. My brother was playing tackle. And then after, like, a, a game broke out between, you know, amongst all different types of people, like, you know, young kids, older adults. So I was playing running back. I was playing receiver, caught a ball. Boom. It's just me and, the, me and the guy. I don't really know who he is. I had cleats on. I was, like, locked in. You know, I'm trying to win. And I gave him a little, uh, a little one, two, in and out, hard right to go right, as Coach McDaniel would say. Boom, I see him drop. I'm like, not paying attention to it. I'm running for a touchdown. I turn around, paramedics running up. I'm like, oh, what happened? My dad comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, like, he kind of pulls me off to the side. Boom. So, like, some time goes by. I'm trying to see if the guy's all right. He gets uh, put in the ambulance. And then next thing I know, they're like, yeah, I think he tore his ACL or his, hurt his knee pretty bad. Like, his knee was swollen. So I felt pretty bad, but at the same time, I was like, man, I was trying to score. I just, 
I happen to get, I happen to shake him, shake him out his knees. So sure. I, I, I don't, I don't mean to laugh. I mean, the poor guy tore his ACL. I hope he went on and had a full recovery, but you were six years old. I was young, man. I was just trying to win. <laughs> I, didn't to, I didn't mean to put the move on you like that, my boy, but hey, give me those ankles. No cap. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you. Uh, it looks like Derwin James, I saw, is listed as doubtful, unfortunately, for this uh, upcoming Sunday night game. But, um, you know, I that's a guy obviously that is has made a mark in his time in the nfl uh is that exciting for you whether he's on the field or not just to, in in the same stadium as he is are you you gonna try to show out for for that yeah absolutely me and dj are good friends uh, we got the same agent so you know we've been around i was hoping he was gonna play you know i wanted to try to go out there a little little safety on safety battle but that's my dog man i'm gonna I'm make sure i uh, holler at him say what's up and whatnot chop it up a little bit but uh nah yeah definitely definitely i wanted that jersey too man no cap him and Herb, I'm trying to get those jerseys, but uh, no, nah, those are my dogs, dude. Especially DJ, like he's mentored me in the off season and you know giving me little pieces to my game that I can add this season. So I feel like just watching him from Florida State to here, um, he was my mentor in, co- in high school when I went to the opening too. So I've been watching him for a long time, um, trying to model my game after him. You know, he's a guy that can do a lot of different things, uh, and I see myself in that same light. So definitely wanted to play him today, but uh, or this uh, this this uh, weekend. But, man, I hope he's going to be all right. Hope he recovers, you know, fast and uh, be able to finish the season strong. What's the coolest jersey you've gotten in the NFL so far? Man, I'm just like – right now, I'm just like trading with my homeboys, honestly. Cool. Uh, yeah, you know, being able to trade with, like, Diamador last week, Panay when we played Detroit. Uh, me and Verona going jersey swap at, at some point. Um, but, yeah, Thomas Graham, like, being able to trade with my homeboys and, and us being in the league together, that's, like, probably some of the coolest stuff, even last year, too, so – um, but definitely trying to get your Herb jersey, trying to get DJ jersey. Uh, those are my dogs. Mark Webb, too. No, no waste of motion. So you had a really good two years at Oregon, and then obviously the world changed. We had the pandemic, and you know it's going back to a little bit of a different time because NILs weren't happening yet, and I think the transfer thing it kind of opened up. But you know it was it was a weird time, and uh, I remember hearing all these kind of old line NFL people going, hey, man, you know, these people who opt to sit out, it shows you something about how they feel about football. And I don't really know. And, you know, looking back, it's like, dude, Michael Parsons sat out. I think he, uh, you know, I think that went okay for him. And I, and I don't think it's fair personally to equate love of football with how you coped with a, a pandemic, you know, in a sport where you're, being exploited, your labor's being exploited. So you decided to sit out, take me through that time and, and kind of what was on your mind. Yeah, like when uh, they canceled our season. So for my head, I was like, all right, you know, they canceled our season. I'm just I'm just going to go to the next step. And uh, that was my mindset. I made sure my affairs were in order, lined everything up. And then um, once I was like about to post a decision around like September 1st or something like that, they're like, oh, we're going to have a six-game season. You guys are going to have like October to be – fall camp basically and then you can play and no one was really working out seriously anymore and getting ready for the season so for me I was like I don't really want to have to go through that again and at the same time COVID is also a thing and it was you know heavily it was everywhere and that was also to my concern so uh, and there was no like there was no backing no guaranteed if you guys get sick or nothing like that um, it was life-threatening at the time so um, you know I did my did my research and, and talked to my important people and then uh, came to the decision that it was best for me to opt out and then got to training for the draft. So that was that was really my mindset. 
And once I, you know, made my decision, I was locked. I was locked in. Yeah, I mean, I'll remind people listening, like there was no vaccine. Uh, a lot of people were dying and uh, we didn't understand outdoors versus indoors as well as we do now. And by the way, football's got plenty of indoors meetings and uh, locker room and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. Um, I, I feel like having done some research into you, I feel like we would probably get along really well in that. I've often been told to tone it down on social media, uh, especially when I get political. And my view has, among other things, I say if I'm standing up against, you know, bigotry or racism and I'm standing up for what's right, it's not political. It's it transcends that. Right. So uh, it looks like you have kind of arrived at the at a similar decision. Um, what's your philosophy on social media and just speaking out in general? Um, I think it's important for me to use my voice. Definitely. I think it's important for everybody with a voice to be able to use that for those that don't. Uh, it's an opportunity to educate, not to bash or to, to disrespect, but um, lack of knowledge is usually where ignorance, ignorance stems from. So I think educating and, and putting um, others in the best position to become better humans and better individuals, I think that's where it lies uh, important for us to grow as a society. Um, and I think that's kind of lost in a lot of the, a lot of the times people want know, the worst punishment and, and the worst repercussions. But it's important that we continue to educate throughout the process so that we can be overall in the end, um, become better people out of it. So that's, that's basically, you know, my mindset behind it. Yeah. When you were in school, I saw that you, uh, I think you were still in school. You talked about a, a hall at Oregon that was named after someone who had, uh, I think a racist past, like documented, um, what, whatever became of that? Um, they ended up getting the name changed. Um, and, uh, it, it wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't my intention for the, for the name to be changed, but that's just what stemmed from it. I felt it was wrong to, uh, speak out about the current, you know, situation without making sure the past was set, was settled. Um, even though the past is the past, it's important to still view those things. And you know, that still has an effect on a lot of people today, but yeah, the, the guy, he had a, he had banned um, black and indigenous individuals from attending University of Oregon, and he had a, uh, a hall or math hall named after him. Um, and so when I brought it up on Twitter, uh, I think one of the board members had seen it, uh, you know, over some time, like a week or two. And then it brought it to their attention on the board meeting, and then they ended up removing the name. And uh, I think they're either they've already already changed it or they're in the process of finding a new name that suits that that hall. But. Um, it was cool to see that, you know, and it was also kind of an example that, you know, the people also have a voice and if things are wrong, then they're going to improve and get better. And uh, that is, you know, I tip my hat to Oregon for being able to see that as an issue and change it and, you know, continue to be proactive in, in racism and bigotry. Um, so I think, you know, that was really important for, for me and for the school as well. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or shoot that, shoot that. And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. In that 49er game, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo goes out early with what turns out to be a serious injury. And in comes Brock Purdy, who I'm sure you guys hadn't planned for uh, much. You know, uh, you know, it seemed like you guys came after him, which I understand because he's a rookie who's never played. Uh, how did you feel like he held up in that situation? I think he did. I think he did well. Um, I think with all things, you know, coming into account, he, you know, he went out there and did his job. Uh, I took my hat to him. You know, he, he executed, he made the throws where they needed to be made, um, you know, made the checks when they needed to be checked. And, you know, he went out there and, and, and executed and got the dub. So uh, I took my hat to Brock and uh, Coach Shanahan and the Niners being able to make the adjustment. Um, I hope Jimmy's okay and that he recovers fast for sure. But um, yeah, no, he, you know, he did his thing. Did he seem like he had swag to him or was he kind of quiet and keeping it? Nah, yeah, yeah, you know, he had a little swag doing his thing. Uh, I think it was cool. I think it was cool to see, you know, a young guy go out there and do his thing. Um, yeah, you know, he was getting banged up a little bit, but, he, you know, he kept his nose down in the dirt, kept working hard. So, you know, I think that was that was dope to see at the same time. Right on. Um, have you still played every snap this season? 
Uh, yeah, I think the only time I came out was after I hit the tight end against the Cincinnati Bengals and I ran off the field. I pulled myself out the game, but that was the only play that I've taken off so far. Do you take a lot of pride in that, that you've basically played every snap of an entire NFL season? Uh, yeah, you know, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. To, to make things short, I do. I think that's uh, I think that's dope. I think it's – if I told myself this – if I told myself when I was 16 and I'm talking to myself now and I'm like, yo, you're going to play every snap in your second year in the league, uh, I think that I would be pretty surprised. So um, I think that's dope, yeah. Although I feel like six-year-old you might have believed it after the ambulance came. Yeah, he might have asked what position we're playing, <laughs> the number, what's my swag looking like. You know, he might have been focused on other things. Might have been focused on other stuff. Um, you, uh, I, I'm trying to like get to the Pro Bowl credentials because, uh, you know, and I don't know how Pro Bowl works. I saw you're getting votes, which is really cool um, from the fans because um, a lot of times fans just fixate on big names or guys have been there before. Um, you actually went to the Pro Bowl last year as the team correspondent. I did. Yeah, I went and uh, followed X and interviewed him a little bit. Uh, it was cool seeing that. You know, I was behind the fence, though, which kind of sucked. I wanted to be on the field, in the jersey, you know, getting the gear, taking the pictures, signing the shirts and all that. But, uh, you know, it was still cool seeing X out there doing his thing at the Pro Bowl, meeting all the players and whatnot. Just in the back of my head, knowing that I'm, I need to get there. Like, I need to get to that point. I need to get the Pro Bowl, all pro. Like, that's my that's my mindset. Um, and that was, you know, some some fuel that I used throughout the offseason and into camp and into the season still. Like, I want to get there. I don't just want to just be good. I want to be great. I want to have the notoriety and fame because um, I just – that's what I'm just hungry for. I don't know what – I can't explain it. I just – it's in my head. So, yeah. I love it. You came out hot. You hit back Jones. I think you got the t- inter- the tipped interception was the first game, right? You were yep, you, yep, you, yep. you were getting after it. Yep. yep. You still get do your juices flow against New England any more than usual? I mean, you know, they're not they don't have Brady anymore, but like when you were young, you saw what they were like. To, to yeah, you know, yeah. When when I play the Patriots, I still have that image in my head. You know, the Patriots were like like either you love the Patriots or everybody hated the Patriots. And uh, Brady and them just dominated and Gronk and Edelman and Wes, like, you know, those guys. So still playing the Patriots, seeing the colors, you know, you still have that that memory of the, the time where they were running things, that that dynasty. So, sure. Do you hate any team? You know, honestly, I, I really do. I love playing teams. I don't really hate any any team. I no. mean, I'm wondering Oregon State, Washington, oh, baby. No, no, no. Utah, I hate Utah. Oregon State, Washington, uh, Arizona State. Honestly, every Pac-12 team, I hate every Pac-12 team except for Oregon, especially Washington and Oregon State and Utah, especially Utah. Interesting on Utah. I figured Washington and Oregon State. And I know Cal's up here, so they're probably – they're your second. They're your least hated. Yeah, yeah. They're like little to... brother. They're like little brother. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we we need to get good enough to be hated by Oregon. Again. <laughs> and I saw a quote from you before the season that said, "I want offenses to fear me," which I think is a healthy uh, mentality. It, it, you know, have you noticed that that's happening at all? Um, kind of, not really. I mean, honestly, it's, I don't, I don't actively notice it, but I start asking my questions like, dang, like, why isn't the ball coming across the middle? Like, why am I not, you know what I mean? Why do I feel like I'm not even involved in the game? I need to be more involved. And, uh, you know, to an extent, it's not like they're avoiding me, but sometimes plays just don't come my way. You know what I mean? And, um, I try to be, make as many splash plays as possible, try to be near the ball as much as possible. Um, and sometimes the ball is just like far away from me. I'm like, damn, why is it not? 
you know? So I don't know if offenses fear me, if they're trying to go away from me, but I'm just trying to be near the ball because I like being near the ball because good things happen to those who are close to the ball. God loves you if you're running the ball. So, Were you doing the thing last year where you kind of go deep, 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 like, you know, way back sometimes? Yeah, when I yeah, because I was like, okay, like I had to like you know rookie year nerves. Like I don't want to be, I don't, I want to be far away. Like I don't want to get beat deep. But like this year, you know, things I, I, it's a lot slower for me. You know, reading things coming across the middle, whatnot, trying to just be near the ball and you know make splash plays. So, but I'm a lot more calm now, definitely in my in my pedal for sure. Well, you you guys already had Jalen Waddle, which is enough of a problem for other teams, and then you make the trade for Tyreek Hill. Like, did you did you notice right away, like mini camps or whatever you guys got together? Were you like, whoa? In me, first practice, first practice, he's running. I'm like, man, <laughs> we are we are a fast group. We are a electric group for sure. First practice, immediately I knew it. So it's been a, it's been a blast to see it happen live speed for sure. Do you catch a glimpse sometimes? Because obviously you're not watching every play, but like when when you guys have the ball, are you like? Let me watch how these other DBs deal with this thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm watching them going, yeah, man, I know how that feels. I felt that in camp. <laughs> I felt that in camp. He is fast, man. All of, all of, all, he is fast. Do you feel like, are you surprised that teams are still trading with Chris Greer? It's like, you've got Tyreek Hill and you've got Bradley Chubb. Like, do you think at some point people are going to be like, dude, enough? I don't know. Hey, I don't know if, if Greer's got some spell on these individuals or not, but he's doing his thing, man. Forget the picks. Just bring, give me the players. That's what he's saying. So, I don't know. Greer's doing his thing, though. You know, he's really uh, – he's moving the chess pieces around for sure. It must be some, some ninja mind trick because he's such a low-key, chill dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's real mellow, real calm dude, but he's making those moves for sure. No doubt. Is there a safety you've modeled your game after? There's a couple. Honestly, uh, I try to be physical like Bob Sanders. Ooh. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a like, kind of old name. I love uh, it. At the point of attack, Darwin is really physical tackling. Uh, Buddha Baker, his effort to the ball. Um, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer's like ball skills. Um, Ed Reed's ball skills. You know, I watch Tyron when he's, you know, down close to the line. The Honey Badger when he's down close to the line. Yeah. Um, you know, Jamal Adams blitzing. Like, you know, these are just different pieces I can pull from other other people. Um, even Jordan Whitehead uh, on the Jets, he's very aggressive and a very strong tackler, so I watch him too. So, you know, there's a lot of guys in the league now and previously that I've, you know, taken into account, watched their tape, see what, you know, type of techniques I can add to my game um, approaching each week. So, yeah. Uh, well, the Dolphins had a guy before you, uh, and – I kept hearing with Minka, like, well, they don't really know where to play him. They don't know what position he is. He went, then they traded him to the Steelers. I was like, well, I think, I'm not sure what position this is, but it seems like the right position because he's making a play like every five minutes. Uh, you you got to play against them this year. Uh, what, what did you see, you know, with him? He is back there doing his thing. He's back there doing his thing, man. Uh, Minka has been fun to watch. Uh, I've talked to him before and uh, and recently, you know, after, after the game. Um, I just – I mean, I, I like great football, and he plays great football. He plays at a high level, fast, reactive. Um, so, for him to be out there doing his thing like that in 39, doing his – you know, making it make, making it happen, uh, you know, it was exciting to see. It was exciting to see, for sure. Yeah, you can't be called the snowman if you're wearing 39. You know, that's a nah, – nah, nah, nah. Have, 
Have you played in any cold weather games like snow games? Um, when I was young, young, like flag football, it was like close to snowing. In Oregon State, we played. It was like super cold. Washington, it was super cold. Last year against Tennessee, it was cold, but not like this 25-degree weather we're about to walk into in Buffalo or this below freezing in New England, not like that. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. At the same time, I'm going to bring a little bit extra Vaseline, wrap it on my body when I go out there. So. Derek Thomas, one of my all-time favorite dudes, the late great uh, Hall of Famer, one of the great edge rushers ever, played in Kansas City, but he was from Miami. Uh, one night we're out drinking with some other some of his other friends, and he says, 135 degrees, I'm the best player on the field. 35 degrees, get my ass to the locker room. He was not a fan of the cold. So it sounds like you, you because of your bloodlines in Canada, like you feel like you can do it. Yeah, you know, I kind of lean into it. Although if it's like a, if we're on the field and then we're off the field and off is on the field for a long time, we kind of get cold, you try to go out there, that's when it's hard. Like making tackles, your hands hurt, it's hard to grip and make tackles is, you know, Bruises hurt more. The ground is hard. But regardless of that, I'm going to try to lead into it. And on top of that, like, Buffalo has turf, so it's like it's like cement, you know, when you hit the ground. I feel like they're branding opportunities for snowman. I mean, I'm sure you've thought of this, but you doing a snow angel and celebrate, you know, there, there's something you know there. I mean? Definitely. Definitely. If it, if it snows, just know that snow angel is coming just because you said it, my man. Just because. I was going to do it, but I'm going to put it out there just because you said it. I will feel touched. I once convinced, helped convince Clinton Portis to do a celebration of the Pro Bowl that he ended up doing in the Pro Bowl that I'd always dreamed of, which is um, you continue through the end zone and you do the fake running into the goalpost and then drop down. Because, you know, back in the 70s and 60s, they somehow had the goalpost in the middle of the damn end zone before they yeah, moved yeah, it back. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I felt so just blessed when he did that. Like I, I impacted a game up well, the pro bowl, but yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm claiming this. I'm going to air this clip. Like it was my idea, even though you Definitely. already had that idea. Um, you, by the way, tackling Josh Allen in any weather can't feel fun. Not. It's not. He's yeah. a large individual. He's a large human and it's very hard to, to, to take him down. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet. Although you guys, man, that was a phenomenal game you guys had against them. Uh, Rematch will be fun. It will. It will. It was stressful, but it was fun. I'm glad you mentioned turf. Um, you know, we it's, attention's been drawn to it again, and I I remember the era of AstroTurf, which was really horrible. I mean, just truly terrible. So turf's better than it was, but you guys actually play and practice on these surfaces, so you understand um, how much how much different is it to play on turf versus grass. Turf, it, turf hurts, you know, it hurts the joints. It hurts your bones and your muscles. Like being on grass, it's, it's a soft surface. It, it's easy on your knees, easy on your shoulders. Um, it, I think it's just time to, to make the change, honestly. I think it's for the betterment of every individual going out there on the field. Uh, a lot of those non-contact injuries happen on turf and your foot gets caught in the ground. And I think that's just something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be handled. Uh, we've seen this time and time again. Uh, MetLife, MetLife Stadium is is one of them. You know, that turf takes a lot of knees and a lot of ACLs uh, every year. And I think it's important that, um, you know, those those fields get addressed and, and change the grass. It's, it's getting serious for sure. Yeah, I know Nick Bosa was one of the people who went down there a couple of years ago. And I, I know he was asked this question recently, but 
would it impact your thinking if you were a free agent as to where you want to play in terms of surface? Wow. That's a, that's a great question. I hadn't, I hadn't even think of that, but um, yeah, absolutely. I think so now too. I think that's definitely something you want to take into account. If you're playing on turf every day, every game, you know, that's going to eventually take a toll on your body. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. They might not let you out of the building you're in anyway, but we'll, we'll see, you know, football's crazy. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, you, uh, you made such a big jump, which we talked about in the beginning from year one to year two. Um, how much more of a jump is in you? Like, are we, or do you think we're ready to see another one in the years to come? As big as it needs to be. I got a lot of left in the tank, man. So I'm hungry, man. I, I, I know, you know, it's, it's hard to play in the NFL, but I am fanatic about being the best ever. And that's, what I think every defensive player should have. Um, that's just my mindset. And I want to continue to elevate myself week in and week out. And I know I've left plays on the field. And I wish I could have those back, but I know that's just fuel and energy for me to continue to grow and, you know, become better week in and week out. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue on being the best I can be until, until I rest my bones. That's what it is, you know. That's just how I think. Do you have uh, specific goals in terms of how, you know, you want your career to go? Or do you say those things? Or are you more just like, hey, keep keep trying to ascend? Um, yeah, you know, in a greater, in a greater, you know, view, I think speaking out loud on uh, speaking your goals into existence is something that's really important. Um, and of course, I want to be all pro and pro bowl and highest paid and all that. I want to get all those accolades because I see it as a reality. Um, and I see that as not even my standard. I want to be a gold jacket. That's my standard. Like I want to be one of the best to ever play. Um, and that's my, that's my North star. And I don't think it's not tangible. I just think that it's going to take a lot of work and I'm willing to put all that work in. Um, there's nothing that I can't do that I put my mind to. And I just feel like the more I lean into it, the more, you know, success I'll have. And I just got to keep my head down and grind, take it day by day. Yeah, I think it's cool that you enunciate it, right? Like, were you, was that how you were all the way through when you were a kid? Would you say it? Hey, I'm trying to make the NFL. Like, did you say these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it, it started as, as a smaller view. Um, when I was going into high school, I want to make varsity as a freshman because my brother made varsity as a freshman. I was always chasing my brother and my dad. So my brother was like, he's four years older than me. I wanted to make varsity as a freshman. He made varsity as a freshman. I wanted to start because um, I couldn't make varsity as a freshman because I was too young. I wanted to start my junior, my sophomore year on varsity. I started my sophomore year on varsity. And then after that, it was like, okay, I need to get Division One in order to get to my goal. And I need to get um, – then when I go D1, which I went to Oregon, then I need to be freshman All-American. I want to have the Jim Thorpe. And so going into my my junior year, that was my mindset, like Jim Thorpe, Jim Thorpe, Jim Thorpe. Boom, COVID happened. I'm like, you know what? Let me focus on the league. That's my that's my next, you know, my next dream. I think sometimes uh, goals aren't meant to be reached. They're just meant to push you to the point where you're ready for your next opportunity. Um, and so that's why I think the Jim Thorpe did for me is to push me into that point. Boom, then I, you know, focus on the league. And uh, but in the back of my mind, it's always been I'm definitely going to the NFL, you know, since a kid, since right now. What do you want to be? You grow up just right in the NFL. Uh, people ask, like, what are your backup plans? What is this? Is this? If you got a backup plan, you're not locked in. Like, I'm going to make it. And that was my mindset. So um, seeing my friends, like I went back and played in the Bay last week and seeing my friends, like, 
or I remember you back, you know, we was playing in high school. I, I knew you was going to make it just off of how hard you work. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's always been my goal, always been in the back of my head. But now that I'm in the league and I'm in the NFL and my eyes are so open, like, oh, my God, I'm in the league. Now it's like, all right, I need to be the best here. I need to be the most elite. I need to be gold jacket. So that's my goal. That's the Bishop O'Dowd Dragons, for those of you who do not know the great city of Oakland. That is a... Uh, O'Dowd, yes, Lord. Go Dragon. Esteemed high school uh, situation. So um, say you had like accomplished all these incredible things in the NFL, and then like the CFL called and they were like, hey, will you just come play up here for one year to like honor the tradition? Could absolutely. you see, you would you do it to keep the... Yes, absolutely. And I either playing for the BC Lions or I'm playing for the Edmonton Elks and I'm either wearing 22 or 17 on the Edmonton Elks or I'm wearing 22 on the BC Lions. Those are both my dad's numbers. So, boom, straight like that. I would definitely love to go play up there. That would be awesome. You could uh, you could line up uh, near the 55-yard line. I don't know if everyone knows that, but that you could do that. Yep. You could you could uh, you would not be penalized for 12 men on the field, but you would for 13. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. There there would be no fourth down uh, plays. <laughs> <laughs> no fourth down. You got three downs to get a first down. Uh, and if and if someone kicks the ball, punt or kick, and it's going out of the end zone, and you got a chance to like keep it in, keep it in because that'll cost you a point if you don't. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if Mike McDaniel, who I, I know how his mind works, were you over near the sideline when he told Justin Fields stop during the Bears game? Yeah, I was actually the one to run him, try to run Justin out of bounds, and I was walking away, and I heard him say, stop. <laughs> I got a lot Hey, um, and, and Justin Fields, man, I, what's that like in person, that speed up close? Dude, he is fast as hell, man. I'm trying to tell you. I trained with him in L.A. for the draft, and he was fast because he was running 4-4. I'm running 4-4. I'm like, man, this dude can roll. So when we were, like, you know, doing our game plan, I'm like, hey, y'all, he can run. Like, seriously, he's not – I'm not playing. Like, he, he got wheels. So seeing it in game speed, it's even more electric. Sure. Yeah, it seems like if I'm you, I'm more stressed out if I'm playing him or Lamar, Josh Allen, or one of those guys who can really – you know, go as opposed to a pocket guy. At least I know where he's going to be. Yeah, it's like a whole other dynamic. You gotta, cause even if you're locking everybody down, it's still like, okay, first down, I just ran for like 25 yards. As a DB and a safety, it's like, dang, we had him. Right. You, you, you understood the situation. You did what you were coached to do. You did your job. It worked. Yeah. And then, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just um, you know, you're in this tough division and – you know, it's it's stacked. You had that great first game against the Bills. Um, how far can this team go? I think we can go there. I believe in it. I do. I think we got the tools. I think, you know, we got the work ethic. You know, it's just about how we go out there and play on Sundays. Um, but I believe in us. You know, I believe in us 100%. And I think we can go out there and make it happen for sure. Well, right on, man. I'll be watching. Uh, I totally appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I eagerly await the snow angel. I'll be That'll be my viral video clip moment of the year. I'll be so excited. Yes, sir. It's on the way. It's on the way. Thank you very much, man. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 